and welcome to this most festive episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to discuss all things American football again this week. And how do we know it's the festive episode? Why? Because G, of course, has some sleigh bells. Or Christmas tree Good bells. Day. Either way. <laughs> so the uh, first thing we're going to have a, uh, a quick look at, Christmas Day. I personally, if I was a, uh, a obviously we're coming up to the, to the Christmas period, um, if I was a player... I wouldn't be all that keen on playing on Christmas Day. There's games this uh, this year on Christmas Eve, but quite often you do find that there are um, games on Christmas Day and, and going over all over the Christmas period, really. Um, if you were a player, how, how much do you think they really have to give up in terms of the... I know, obviously, they get paid quite well, but how much do they, uh, they have to give up in terms of the, the whole um, the whole your stereotypical Christmas and, and, and that kind of thing? Uh, for the honest answer, is quite a lot, and this is not... Um, a thing unique to American football. Obviously, we're well aware in this country of the um, rigors of the uh, festive period for for our football, and you know there can be three or four games over a very tight window, and it's not unusual for players to be practicing on Christmas Day itself, and you know having a truncated Christmas dinner, and obviously yeah. there's there's the food that you can and can't eat. Basketball is actually very traditional that they play on Christmas Day, but there's actually a number of games going on, and in the NFL, you're so reliant on this weekly rotor because of the physical needs of recovering from a game of football that sort of basically nothing gives way to the schedule. The schedule is what it is, and they just have to play it, I guess. Um, It's tough. They make a lot of money. I'm sure it's very tough on the families, particularly those with young kids, but I guess it's just one of those things they sort of have to get used to. Yeah, I suppose they get obviously they have similar kind of games at at Thanksgiving as well, so it's it's not like it's the only point during the season. You'd, you'd, you'd kind of hope you, you'd not play them on both Thanksgiving and Christmas Day if you were uh, one of the players, I suppose. Uh, but yeah. They, they get paid ha- quite handsomely to do it, I suppose. Yeah, and you don't get much choice. I mean, things with Thanksgiving, at least, it's just, you know, the, you've got the Detroit Lions and the um, yeah. Dance Cowboys who always host and whatever teams are playing them, and then now this extra Thursday night game to make it three games. And I think that rotates round through the all-teams, so theoretically everybody gets a shot at playing in front of everybody. But yeah, it's... Um, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I personally wouldn't want to uh, do it myself. Like you say, quite a big toll on the families, but... Uh... I'm sure they. Uh, I'm sure they used to it. I'm sure they've done it uh, enough times now. Most of them. <laughs> I would imagine a big one would be the first year after they retire. Yes, that's a good point. They must really enjoy that. Yeah, and and you know the thing is, there's not that many games. It's not like in um, in football over here where you might find somebody suspiciously getting their fifth yellow card and getting yeah. suspended before the game, or or just going out and getting drunk. Um, uh, I remember attending the New Year's game um, down at Stamford Bridge and um, Dennis Wise looking very ropey on the sideline and you know, suspect <laughs> he was not coming in because the hangover was not good. Standard Saturday for Dennis Wise, I believe. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so the other piece of news we're going to look at this week, um, Mario Williams, he's quite unhappy in Buffalo. He's sta- he's, uh, he, it looks as though he, he, he wants to leave. He's obviously the defensive end. Joined Bills in 2012 from, from the Texans from Houston. Um, really seems to be not very happy with, with Rex Ryan and, and his regime. Um, they're at 6-8 and eight after week 15. It's not looking good for them. Where, where, where could you see... De- um, Mario Williams landing if he if he was to leave. Um, the problem with the, you've got in the NFL is he can be as upset as he likes. Depending on his contract situation, it's very hard. That's not to, much you can do. Yeah, <laughs> it's very hard to get your way out unless you hold out and hope that you get traded. I mean, the honest answer is obviously anybody who, who's a four three team who needs a defensive end because he's a very effective pass rusher. And I think we could do with him. 
Yes, you could. Um, <laughs> earlier in the season, uh, for Dolphins, for those of you who are not paying attention, um, uh, Dan's team. But um, yeah, it's one of those things where um, earlier in the season he was making noises about the fact that they paid all this money for this defensive line and suddenly only three of them were dropping and one of them was having to drop a pass, which is sort of a standard part of Rex Ryan is more a free for um, defensive system guy and likes his exotic blitzes. And he has toned it down sort of as the season's gone through and he's realised that, you know, his best way of running this defence is to have those four people running. But um, as much as anything, it's strange to hear this because for all the drama that you often hear around Rex Ryan's teams, the players usually love him. So it's quite unusual yeah. for me to hear someone coming out and saying that they're not enjoying Rex Ryan's teams. They might not win all the time, but they usually are very behind the coach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. It's it's one of those, I think, where he could, probably, he could potentially end up anywhere. But... Uh, who could you potentially say if he was to go let's say anyone you, that you think stands out that you think could, uh, could potentially replace him at Buffalo I think they might look at the system I don't know it's hard because of what's going on in terms of how they've played you just don't know whether the GM is going to sit down or whether they're going to try and rejig the, for, the mm. format of the defence to more match what Rex Ryan wants to run just not sure where you're going it's so early it being its first year it's very hard to know what their plans would be and whether they're prepared to try and move Williams to get a player back and do something or move to get draft picks or if they're just going to say no tough you know we've got you under contract and see you next season which is very much what tends to happen in the NFL yeah someone who's uh, not going to be playing next season um, is Charles Woodson um, he's he's said that he's going to uh, going to be retiring at the end of the season the cornerback uh, for the uh, the Oakland Raiders. He's been playing for 18 seasons in the NFL now. I was going to say, isn't quite he 52 or something? <laughs> roughly, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, quite a big loss to the NFL, though. It, yeah, I mean, um, it's amazing to me that any player can play 18 seasons, particularly in, in sort of yeah. like a one that's as reliant as athleticism as corner and safety and, and that range. Uh, um, it's just, it's an incredibly impressive feat and obviously he's not the player that he was say 10 years ago but he's still been incredibly effective and as much as anything it's going to be a big loss to that um secondary room for the for that defense and they'll be losing a lot of um leadership and knowledge for that defensive team which you know hasn't been exactly playing well this season mm. and you just wonder whether he'll go into coaching or what his next steps will be yeah, I could see him coaching personally. I think uh, he's like you say, he's one of those players that he's been around, been around the game for for so long. I think uh, he's still got probably plenty to give in in terms of his knowledge. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, much like um, another player coming to the end of his career in, in Peyton Manning, and that they're, they're mm. just so good um, at reading a game. Yeah, you you do wonder whether they're they they don't there aren't that many that go into coaching. You just wonder if they'll find some way of doing it or. The other option is we could get some really good analysts. So to the games then. Week 15 is now in the books. Let's have a look at some of the games we've watched uh, this week. Um, first of all was the Thursday night game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, at the St. Louis Rams. Um, the two teams looking like a condiment uh, stand. Um, the final score was... St. Louis Rams thirty-one, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers twenty-three, and I like you like you said on the on on the blog. It's something I kind of noticed. If you just looked at the stats before you actually looked at the at the score, you'd think that the Buccaneers would have absolutely ran away with it. Yeah, except for they got behind early and were pretty soundly beaten. It was yeah, it was yeah, it was a curious game. Um, after all those good games. Um, we'd had on a Thursday night close competitive games and this was sort of very much the opposite um, I thought it was interesting to me that 
I'd seen, and I think I mentioned last week, that obviously the Rams have won and looked better. And it would appear to me that um, the change in offensive coordinator has actually had an effect in that the game plan seemed to be that they could make advantage uh, in the passing game where they struggled before. And it wasn't straight yeah. passing game, but they did enough. And also they got Taven Austin going in a couple of routines. And basically, the aim for the Rams should have been for the last couple of seasons and certainly should be now get the ball into that man's hands because almost however you do it he can make things happen because he's an incredibly elusive runner and is incredibly quick and he made that Buccaneers defence pay that's absolutely right they they had the Buccaneers had so much opportunity though that like you say they, they could have they, they could have lost by a lot more um it was it was a it was kind of a four quarter comeback they could so they could have could have quite easily lost by a lot more than they, they did but they did have a lot of chances they have 50 pass attempts 27 run attempts as well quite a lot of play yeah but it was just i mean it started off strangely in the first half because they were they've been quite a run dominant team for a lot of the season and they sort of started that way in the first half and Jameis Winston was just a bit off was just the, mm. there are a few balls thrown over and it sort of happened all through the game but particularly in the first half they were really struggling to uh, maintain drives he didn't seem he's quite himself no and on in, in the second half but when they were sort of playing catch up but you know, they were doing they were running things a bit quicker and going for, for for longer passes and that just seemed to suit him a bit more and they, they they had one or two very good drives but it was just they weren't consistent enough for long enough to keep themselves in this game and the Rams were able to um, um, get that lead and hold on to it and Aaron Donald is just such a good defensive tackle you know mm. me in defensive tackles and he, he he had it wasn't an amazing statistical game if you look at it but if you look at the disruption he was causing he was he was causing huge problems for that um, offensive line and yeah a couple of sacks and some more QB hits but yeah he was he was really causing them problems and the Rams just just managed to, um, in the end, handle it quite easily. Yeah. Well, the, another player who didn't quite look themselves, or wasn't certainly wasn't up to the uh, to the standards that he's been playing to so far this season, was Todd Gurley. Um, quite largely ineffective. Really, he got forty eight yards through the game, twenty one rushes. Didn't didn't really look particularly like trouble in the Buccaneers at all. Which is actually not that surprising when you look at the fact that by DVOA, the um, Buccaneers ranked fifth in rush pass. Uh, rush defense, mm. sorry, coming into this game, and the Tampa two that they're sort of playing with Lovey Smith with the two deep safeties in the shell um, means that they're they've, they've got players dropping and they can cover the defense and, and or cover the run, and they're, they're a good run defense team. And yeah, they were able to stop Gurley. It's just that over the last couple of weeks under the new coordinator, the they've been able to counter that by coming up with enough in the past game to um, in this game to 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 get the win. Well, we uh, we both thought the Buccaneers were going to uh, win this one. Um, they didn't, so uh, we both lost a, a pick on that one. Um, second game is one you've watched: the Broncos visiting the Steelers. Um, quite a big game this week. Thirty-four points to twenty-seven. The Steelers took it. Um, late comeback from the Steelers to, uh, to to pick this one up. What did you think of the game? I really enjoyed the game. That said, um, this Steelers team are a little bit chippy. I, I want to resist saying dirty, but they play <laughs> right up. To that edge. I'd never tell you were a Bengals fan. Yeah, no, I'm trying to be really careful here because you know my, my, my I have a certain bias. I will confess. Um, but that said, um, in the first half, they were 
handled pretty convincingly by the Broncos. Osweiler looked very good at one point um, in terms of they were moving the ball well. He was passing the ball. I'm still not quite sure what the injury was that he picked up in the first half. But in the second half, the Steelers' defense clamped down. The offense um, picked up. And as much as anything, Antonio Bryant won this game for the um, Steelers. And I've been saying a lot this season, I suspect, if you go back and look at the podcast, but he is... (laughs) <laughs> the best receiver in the game because to me he's the best receiver in the game and he's just this is meant to be a fearsome fearsome defense and they just there's been some talk about you know Osweiler not being good enough and, and the problems with the offense and yes there are problems in the second half but this defense for much of the season has been outstanding and they needed to do better against that admittedly good passing attack but they they needed more if they were going to win this game all of the Broncos points were all score, scored fairly early doors all scored scored in the first 28 minutes of the game uh, to its 27-10 um, were they hurt quite badly I know they got a lot of penalty yards were they hurt, hurt quite badly by those penalty yards in the second half there was I don't I don't want to say there was hometown officiating because there wasn't there was um, some of those ticky tacky you know the type of penalties you got there was one pass interference that was very long there were also in my opinion one or two holes that were let go on the Steelers offensive line just because the pass rush was coming a lot but yes the passing definitely the penalties hurt them as much as anything they also had some bad holding penalties at the wrong moment and, and they are just yeah. drive killers the moment you get a, get off and get a, a ten, lose 10 yards and have to repeat the down it's just yeah it's a nightmare for that so yeah it didn't strike me as a particularly messy game from the Broncos but yeah but I hate these defensive penalties um, the long <laughs> PIs drive me round the bend when you see him and you think that's a bit ticky tacky and was it really worth all that distance and then that you know that first down with a five yard one the variety of defensive holding I, I, I've mentioned numerous times drives me round yeah. the bend well we uh, we both got on this one, this one right we both thought the Steelers were going to uh, were going to win this one and they uh, they did so it was a, it was it was a one that we picked up in quite a good week for both of us, I think, this week. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, touch on again in a little bit later. Um, the third game was, oh, this was depressing. Um, the Miami Dolphins, uh, 14, the San Diego Chargers, 30. Dolphins looked absolutely terrible. Um, made a very poor Chargers side look very good. Um, there was there was quite a, I mean, obviously it was it was potentially the last, I, I know it was, there was a lot made of the, uh, the fact that it was potentially the last time that the San Diego Chargers would play at the Qualcomm Stadium, so there was always going to be a bit of, the, for for once for San Diego, I suppose, a bit of a home team, home field advantage. Um, but we just we, I say we, the Dolphins, just looked terrible. I yeah, I mean, I, I've only seen the first half of this game, um, which was a pretty miserable half of football to watch. I turned off. Yeah, I turned off after was, the first half. I, it, I've watched it since, but I can imagine it would have been very hard to watch as a Dolphins fan. But just the Chargers were doing everything, and even when something good happened, I mean, what was Rashad Jones doing about. when he intercepted that ball? He was carrying it like uh, a loaf of bread. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I'm sure. Uh, there will be coaches going absolutely crazy on the sideline before before he coughed it up because you could just it was just inviting somebody to knock it out of his hands. It was horrifying. Thinking isn't ball security no matter what side of the ball you play. Yeah. One of the first things that coaches teach you on sort of like day two of training camp. It was just horrible. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't good. And I think what like you say, obviously Philip Rivers recovered his own fumble, recovered a fumble. Well, I say recovered his own fumble, recovered a fumble that was dropped from the interception that he threw. So nothing was going to go our way that day. Um, but also, um, Brandon Albert 
was out injured. Um, Dallas Thomas came in, um, who's, who's usually a guard, came in playing left tackle, uh, and San Diego just absolutely took advantage of it. And Melvin Ingram was absolutely all over them. They were rushed. They were they were blitzing every every time it got to a third down. They were blitzing, and we just could not deal with them. We have been talking about offensive line depth for your team. Um, yep. every week it feels like, and yeah, mm. no, it was just. In fairness, that first it was like his first or second snap, and Ingram just went round him because he just took he was just not an offensive tackle um pass no. he just didn't get out wide enough and ingram just went round him and got to Tannehill. and tannahill has been hit more than any other quarterback this season and therefore yeah. is it any wonder that he's not he's failed to take the next step on from the progress he made last season and it's not a new thing because he's he's pretty much consistently every year he's the most hit quarterback so i don't know why we're not learning something from that it's it seems like something he would Want to strengthen you, quite quickly. I'm not 100 percent sure in your GM position in that. Is he a new guy, or is it a possibility that he could go in the off season? Um, he could go. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's off season is going to be really interesting as a Dolphins fan. I think there's going to be a lot of changes all over the place. Not only kind of for for I, I don't know even know whether I don't I couldn't see Dan Campbell keeping the job. He's not done badly, no. but he's not done particularly well. Um. He didn't have much to work with to start with, if I'm perfectly honest. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think the one positive to take out of the game is JJ, first NFL touchdown, London guy. Uh, seems like a really good bloke, um, and and he's he's very he's he's always been really really enthusiastic, um, despite the fact he's an Arsenal fan. First NFL touchdown for him. Always good to see a Londoner get a, get a touchdown. Yeah, no, uh, um, absolutely great for the game over here, and and yeah. It's it's a solitary bright spark in what was a pretty depressing performance. But also, he looks re- he really does look good. We've been saying this a couple of weeks. Um, those yeah. who are used to us ranting about both our teams, therefore, will have, <laughs> there are certain familiar <laughs> themes developing. And yeah, being quite impressed with him as a downhill runner is definitely one of them. He's got. A, I think the the only thing for him is he's, is we've got Lamar Miller in the, at the minute, and he's he's doing very well this season. He is having a good season. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see if someone else does come in, sees something in JJ, maybe gives him a go, gives him a bit more of a share of the ball next season. It's his rookie season this year. He's just got, he, he spent the first eight games injured, so it's good, just good to see him uh, in playing. I think having two good quality bats like that is no bad thing, says the man. Not at with, all. With two two on his team squad, and <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think no, that's I think you just leave running back well alone and. You concentrate on large man for your offensive line and some corners. Absolutely agree. Uh, well, we both picked Dolphins and were wrong on this one. And uh, anyway, speaking of your team, uh, the last game that we've uh, we've uh, we've kind of watched this uh, this week so far is the Bengals uh, against the Forty Niners. Uh, Bengals won this one, twenty four points to fourteen. They were quite seriously hurt for San Francisco by by some interceptions, three in, three interceptions thrown in total, um, and it wasn't a an exciting game to watch. Let's say for the first sort of twenty minutes of the game. I enjoyed the first half because it was twenty-one nil and our defense was playing very well. But and you like you would you would have liked a, a, a nil-nil, wouldn't you? Well, no. What I wanted would have been a, a two-nil <laughs> win to the Bengals for a safety. As we've we've discussed this before, um, but um, no. Um, the problem was that as good as the Bengals' defense was, the offense was was playing very within themselves. And in mm. fairness. You could see why in terms of the 49ers rushing defense has been a bit suspect at times this season, but they do play better at home, and they were doing okay, and it just needed a bit more balance, I think. But in in fairness, 
Bengals did enough. McCarron got that long pass to AJ Green. Um, he got rolling a little bit in that um, second quarter. Um, the defense took care of things, and it was just given that um, we were playing with a backup quarterback. A twenty-four fourteen win on the road is, to be honest, it's a pretty you know nondescript game. It was almost a good thing yeah. in this. You didn't want a big you know dramatic battle. It was a competent professional win. Didn't get much going though, if I'm honest. In, in terms of yardage, less than less than two hundred yards through the air from a carry, which I think you, you can you can kind of understand. Uh, but only sixty eight yards rushing as well. Yeah, it's the rushing. 36 rush attempts for 68 yards. That's, yeah. you know, it's not good. Whereas, um, yes, it was under 200 yards, but 15 for tw- for, from 21 passing. Yeah, pretty efficient. A touchdown wasn't too bad. But, yeah, no, it needs to be better next week against Denver. Absolutely. Um, nine passing targets for the 49ers as well. Yeah, I mean, Blaine Gabbert's been doing okay Um in this run, I mean, he's not setting the league on fire, but he's at least looking like an NFL quarterback and and a lot better than how he looked over in um, Jacksonville. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's, he's he's certainly coming on. Like you say, it's it's the fact that now he's he is looking like an NFL quarterback. Um, it's credit to him. He's done uh, he's done very well. Uh, well, we both picked the uh, Bengals on this one, and luckily both got it right. Um, so let's have a look at the the rest of the games this week. Then the, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. Go on. I have a compliment for your for your reading, reading, reading. Oh, this week. lovely! For the festive one, I figured festive, festive reading. Yep. Excellent. So the New York Jets managed a fourth win in the row on Saturday night. Uh, then nineteen points to sixteen victory over the Dallas Cowboys. We now almost certainly pick up one of the AFC's wildcard slots. It was squeaky bum time for the Panthers at the end of their game with the New York Giants. Carolina uh, continued their unbeaten run uh, with a win this week, but it took a last-second field goal after the Giants put together a late comeback. The final score was 38-35. The Patriots running away with the AFC, uh, and that continued it this week. Uh, their win by 33 points to 16 over the Tennessee Titans took them to 12-2 and for the season. The Washington Redskins actually made it look like they wanted to win the NFC East uh, this week, surprisingly enough. On the other hand, the Bills uh, almost ruled themselves out of any postseason uh, prominence. Uh, the final score on their game was Buffalo 25, Washington 35. The AFC's form team, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, kept up their run this week at the expense of an injury-hit Baltimore Ravens. They won 34 points to 14. Both the Colts and the Texans had to rely on their third-string quarterbacks after injuries during the game to TJ Yates and Matt Hasselbeck, but it was Houston who came out on top, winning their game by 16 points to 10. The Falcons went to .500 for the season so far, with a win on Sunday over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, there was less than a converted touchdown in it, with Atlanta winning by 23 points to 17. In the battle for the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings also confirmed themselves some, uh, well, all but confirmed themselves some postseason football uh, with a win over the Chicago Bears. The final score there was 38-17. In the same division, the Packers took a top spot uh, with a win over the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, on the other hand, slipped to 6-8 for the season. Final score in this one was 30 points to 20. Uh, the poor old Cleveland Browns couldn't capitalise on their win last week, although they, although they were facing the Seahawks in Seattle, uh, who eventually won by 30 points to 13. Three touchdowns from David Johnson helped the Arizona Cardinals to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the late game on Saturday night. Sorry, Sunday night. Uh, Arizona haven't lost uh, since week six, and this week uh, won by 40 points to 17. And on Monday night, it was the Lions who came out on top in New Orleans with a 35 points to 27 victory over the Saints. Well done to G for keeping up those sleigh bells for the whole of that. Well, also, I'm pretty impressed that you did that in one take. Maybe I should do sleigh bells every week. 
Maybe that's a good idea. That's it. Um, a couple of moments that, uh, that to look out this week. Well, not moments so much in in, as, in this first one as uh, we talk about injuries already. But it was another weekend of quite big injuries. Already mentioned in there, a um, couple of big quarterback uh, injuries, but also uh, kind of Peterson, Mariota, Lashawn McCoy, Hasselbeck, TJ Yates, loads more as well. All out, all, all out on Sunday. Some of which for for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, I mean the one, the big one for me, which you haven't mentioned, is Tyrone Matthews, uh, who gone for the season with an ACL tear. Yeah, that's it. Not uh, not looking good for for them, and it's 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 another one of those uh, those weeks where I think they could have. Uh, they, I think. The team probably wished they uh, wished they hadn't had to play that uh, that week, but uh... and and that one of the Sean McCoy's just looked ooh, just yeah, it was one of those ones where it's like stop showing the replay. That just looks horrible. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, three personal fouls called on him this this week uh, in his game with the uh, the Panthers, uh, and he's suspended. He's out out suspended for a week. Do you think he has been targeted perhaps for the fact that he's one of the he, he's kind of the big name player, isn't he? No, I think it's because he deserved it, and I nearly said Fair a very enough. rude word there. Um, I don't mind players competing; it's a physical game, but there was there was a lot of handbags going on, and he tried to hurt Josh Norman in one back mm. play where he he tried to take him out with a helmet to helmet, and that was just flat dangerous. Yeah. And that that one, you know, the handbags at dawn, and the you know the, the the hand under the face mask, and you know he made himself look silly. But that one where he put his head down, and he hit one, he hit Josh Norman on the side of the head trying to come back for a block. That was nasty. And I'm frankly, I'm slightly surprised it's only one one week. I mean, I'm probably overreacting due to due to my own head injury stuff but I really objected to that play yeah I haven't seen it yet it's one of the games that I, I certainly want to watch in the uh, in this coming week got a bit of uh, time off over Christmas luckily but uh, so I'm going to be uh, catching up on a few games uh, that I haven't, uh, haven't seen I think that's uh, that's certainly going to be one of them I, I would um, I'm planning to take a look at um, I was planning to take a look at um, the matchup between Josh Norman and Odell Beckham and I still will for my coaching tape for this week but um, yeah you will not you will know the play when you see it. I'm sure I will. Uh, anything else you picked up on this week you want to uh, touch on? I sort of wanted to go um, the opposite way just because it struck me yet again um, this week that, wow, we have some good catches in the mm. NFL uh, week in, week out. There was an incredible um, one by Michael Floyd for the Cardinals caught the ball and somehow brought his knee in and it was just again if you just take a look at the highlights it'll crop up and it's really amazing. And the Ravens had some of the ugliest um uniform bottoms you will see in a long time it is um, like a goldy colour we're, we're back to the um, horrible Jags colour rush type colour it was not nice um, and I think that's it unless there's anything else no that's it from me it's a fan belt so it's that time again to take a look at what G has been looking at this week um and what he's been writing about on his festive blog, um, not specifically NFL related, but you did uh, quite a major piece this this week about the benefits of following a sport, didn't you? Uh, give us your, give us your thoughts on that. I thought it was quite an interesting piece. I, I, I'm glad to hear you say that because it was one of those ones where you write it. And the nice thing about being a blog is that you're not tied to writing about a game and doing you know this week's headline yeah. and stuff. And so I have license to go rogue. And I was worried it was either going to be a good piece or I'd thoroughly jumped the shark. But I, I was <laughs> reacting basically to the fact that here I am, a grown man of thirty something years, um, sat being hugely upset. And I was genuinely very upset um, after the um, previous week's game when Andy Dalton got injured and you know the Steelers and we won't go into that and I was just sort of wanted to examine 
not just sort of being a fan, but also the benefits of sport in a wider context yeah. in terms of playing it for kids, what it can teach you in terms of perseverance and working as a team, but also things like uh, one of the things that I'm heavily interested in, which I sort of, when I was doing a self-scout in the summer and reading books about football, was sort of almost sort of coaching and management style because it sort of interacts. It's always been curious to me that people seem to want their coaches to be, you know, like, really disciplined and all over everything and almost megalomaniacs um and none of us would want to work with a boss like that and i never quite right. understood that and and i think there's sort of a median ground where you can have you you ha- can have discipline but i think it's important almost more important when something's serious that you are able to have an element of humor about it and um i did quite enjoy pete carroll being on top of the lockers the other week oh, yeah, celebrating with his team when he won um and but yeah i was just sort of writing a bit more about um that side of things I agree, I completely agree with you. One of the things that I, uh, as we've mentioned before, I played not for long, but I played American football. I was at, uh, at, at university, and one of the things that I loved about it the most was just being part of the team and the whole team camaraderie and that kind of thing. It's, it's something I really enjoyed, and I'd, I'd absolutely recommend to anybody. Um, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head then in your, uh, in, in your blog piece. Yeah, no, uh, this is the thing. Um, but. Um there's a lot of worry in the states about uh, with the concussion issue about um, American football and kids and I think the answer is I, if I had a young kid I wouldn't have them in football just because of, of the help the risk of young brains and concussion yeah. but I wouldn't have a problem with my kid playing football I would have a problem if it wasn't coached properly I'd want them tacking with their senior target and you so often see heads down and diving and that's just asking for trouble and you just need to create a culture where basically if you feel the slightest bit woozy or you're not just tip top 100% there's no issue of man up and get in it's not, it's not no, you come out you sit out because your brain's the most important thing mm. but there is no such thing as a risk free life and there are so many benefits um, to um, playing sport and, and playing football uh in the off-season, I'm going to forget which hardball coaches the Ravens, but um, he wrote a really good piece sort of in the defence of football, and I think a lot of that is very true. What you just have to be careful with is the the commitment and some of the stuff that goes with it. But broadly speaking, I very much agree with that piece. Oh, you, you just finished anyway. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> just timed in with G. Claxon. I'm developing an instinct, clearly. Uh, sort of uh, linked to last week's uh, piece on linebackers and safeties, uh, you look at the Cardinals' safeties, Dion Buchanan and obviously Tyron Matthew as well, who, who now we've, we have uh, since learned is now out for uh, for the season. What, what did you think of those just quickly? Yeah, basically I cursed him by um, <laughs> writing about how impressed I was and how, you know, I was really impressed with, it was two safeties doing two very different things in that, Dion Buchanan just plays as a linebacker. It's incredible to yeah. watch in that he's a safety. He's 210 pounds and he plays linebacker. Um, he, he should be too small, but he does it very well. And even this week, he got a pick six touchdown. Um, whereas Tyron Matthew, um, what I loved about him was that they played him at safety and slot corner, basically, with a two he seemed to be alternating his positions. He was very often around the line, but he could drop into coverage. He could rush, rush the passer. He was, I was really impressed with him as a player. I thought he was doing an awful lot of their def- for their defence. And mm. um, I will be curious to see next week what effect not having him has on their defence. I suspect knowing Bruce Arians and having recently watched the football life about him, which I would heartily recommend to anybody who has Game Pass and doesn't check out those things recently. There's some really good ones. There's a good one of Paul Brown um, earlier in the season as well will be the next man up and I suspect that they will stay committed to that kind of concept which is with a new player but yeah it will be curious to see how that shakes out next week 
Uh, speaking of next week, are you having a week off for Christmas, or you got some uh, some plans for some writing during uh, during the period? I have some plans for some writing. I think what I'm probably going to do is rather than coming up with a column because I'm floating around a bit in the next couple of days, I will do like um, an old school, um, slightly deep in deeper look at the picks for each game and have like a little recap of just where the teams are and what's going on with them going into the playoffs. And for coaching tape, I will have a look at the I think it's only like 22 snaps where they directly lined up, but I'll have a look at um, Norman versus. Beckham and see what was going on because you know there was stomps and punches thrown and all stuff but there was also you know some interesting football stuff yeah. going on there as well well for all of that and much more make sure you check out the blog this week at thewrongfootball.com are you ready for some football okay so let's have a look at week 16 we're uh, we're getting into the business end now um of the uh, of, of the picks that we're uh, we've been doing for the entirety of the season uh, you're on 119 and I am on 110 um you didn't put yours in this this week, did you? Yeah, on the website, it's going to look like me. It's still going to look like I'm winning. Yeah, except for as you well know, I picked all up eleven the picks games. Are up on the blog, <laughs> all the picks are up on the blog, my friend. Don't you start pulling that nonsense. <laughs> well, the first game, uh, the uh, Thursday night game, Christmas Eve, or technically for the people in this country, Christmas morning. Um, game is the uh, Chargers at the Raiders. Uh, what do we think is going to happen there? Oh, I, uh, I got to think that that was an anonymous. Um, uh, an anomaly, even anonymy. Anyway, I'll stop being mad. Uh, the I think it's got to be an anomaly um, for the Chargers. There was so much coming out of their locker room about the, um, the about wanting to win that last game yeah. at home, and I could kick myself for picking the other way and following you with the Dolphins. Um, and I just think on the road against the Raiders, who are a better team, that um, they'll struggle. And I think the Raiders could win. And I think I'm leaning towards them covering. Yeah, I think I think it with the Raiders personally. Um, Redskins at the Eagles, two and a half points head start for the Redskins. Uh, I I'm gonna go with the Redskins. I think on this one. I just yeah get the feeling. The problem for me is that Washington are a better team at home than they are on the road. Yeah. The Eagles, however, have not been good at all. No, so haven't. this is kind of a really hard game for me to pick either way. I suspect I'll go for Washington just because I trust them a little bit more. Yeah. Plus, I'm quite enjoying on the highlights people just shouting, "You like that?" <laughs> um, <laughs> the Carolina Panthers play the Falcons. They're obviously fourteen and zero so far. Uh, Falcons given seven and a half points, so they've got to win it by more than a, more than a touchdown. The, the Panthers for this one. I uh, think I'm still going with them. I think they're going to make it fifteen. See, I'm in two minds because. Uh... The Giants nearly upset them last week, but more importantly, the Falcons finally got a win, and that half point or that you know, them needing eight points. Yeah. I'm umming and ahhing because it's either going to go two ways, and I think we're going to know in like the first ten minutes if the Panthers are going for sixteen and zero. Yeah. And they're all talking about how they'd won that game, but it felt like a loss. And that's either going to be we're going to rest up and prepare ourselves for the playoffs, or they're going to be we want to put this right and finish strongly. So. Mm. I'm really umming and ahhing, and I might just go with Panthers because I know what we're getting, but yeah. not sure. I think I'm going with Panthers on this one, but I could see why you would be considering the Falcons. It's not a, it's not as straightforward as as some, I don't think. No, I'm just doing my usual fence sitting. That's it. You like like the splinters. Um, I think the Bills are going to get back to winning ways this week, um, but do I think they're going to do it by more than six points? Bills play the Cowboys uh, this week, um, and they have five and a half points taken off them. Uh, yeah, I think they probably will. I'm not sure just because um, I don't know who the quarterback is for the Cowboys. That's, um, yeah, that's the only thing that I'm not sure on. 
and the Bills just seem to have been shooting themselves in the foot recently. Obviously, you've got the Mario Williams thing, mm-hmm. but the offense has been carrying them over the last few weeks. But with um, McCoy down with a knee injury, and I'll need to find out how bad that is, and if he's out-out, then that could be a real problem for them. Yeah. Um, Bears Bucks, um, two and a half points head start for the Bears. I, I, I think I'm controversial. I'm going to go for the Bears on this. Uh, it might not be that controversial no. as I was thinking that way as well <laughs> Tampa haven't been that good over the last two weeks and and uh, it, they could be about to turn it around I'm just not sure yeah I, I personally think the Bears but mm, yeah uh, the next one's a, 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 another big uh, big swing on this one Kansas City Chiefs playing the uh, hosting the Cleveland Browns uh, Cleveland Browns are terrible but 12 and a half points is a lot of points for them to, to overcome and uh, Away from home as well. No, 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 no. But that's the thing. The um, the it's it's in um Kansas City. So Arrowhead have a huge home advantage. Yeah. And um, the Chiefs just won convincingly on the road against the Ravens, and I just think that they might just cover that. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the with the Chiefs. I think. Uh, but yeah, mainly because the Browns are just terrible um, if you beat the Ravens by 20 points away then you should beat the Browns by 13 at home you should easily yeah you'd have thought watch so watch it go wrong now yeah stop stop drinking drinks things especially when I'm going for the same as you um, <laughs> the 49ers against the Lions uh, what do you think on that one this is going to be an interesting game this the Lions played much better last night than I was expecting mm. um, hence why they won and I thought the Saints were going to it's really hard to know what the 49ers are going to do on the road and the Lions only have won one more game Yeah, but I think they just have that much more talent that I f- uh, 49ers this given, line is really given eight and a half really points played. though yeah that's the thing I'm not sure the Lions are going to win by nine no. that's the thing I think you're right think, unless they absolutely hammer them I think you're right I'm oh I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna nail nail my pick on this one I'm gonna, uh, gonna take some time to think about that over my over Christmas lunch um, <laughs> uh, Houston Texans playing the Tennessee Titans. It's uh, two and a half points. The Texans, sorry, the Titans are given. I don't think that's anywhere near enough. No, if you look at the um, early picks, it's almost universally Texans who um, looks like they might um, get this division. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think they will. Uh, I think they'll certainly win this one. Um, Colts Dolphins. You know which one I'm going on that. Yeah. Um, do we really think the Dolphins are going to win again this season? <laughs> uh, honestly, probably not. Uh, this is—I wasn't trying to be mean. I know, there, but I know. This, it, it, but the Colts have not been good. Hasselback was banged up again. This might be a game that your guys need to target. We've got the Colts and the Patriots in the last two games. Yeah, not a not a nice run in. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Patriots, Patriots uh, play the uh, sorry play against the Jets. Um, on Sunday, uh, three and a half points given to the Jets. Not enough. You think Patriots? I'm yeah. thinking Patriots too. You watch the Jets win because the Jets have been on a really good roll. They recently. have. The yeah. defense is playing well. The offense is going well. But the Patriots are the Patriots, and yeah, even on the road, three and a half points. I think they'll win. Mm. Um, another big swing on this one. This is the uh, Ravens hosting the Steelers. Uh, ten and a half points given to the Ravens. Ooh. Yeah, their secondary is bad against those receivers. It could be really nasty for them. Yeah, I think it could. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with with the uh, the Steelers too. This one, like you say, on the on the on on looking at who's picked what so far, this is almost neck and neck. This one, uh, Saints Jaguars, three and a half points given to the Jags. 
I'm not sure I can call it. This is a horrible game because we don't know what to expect about either team. The Jaguars, um, I picked them last week going, I'm really not sure because they they don't win consistently and sure enough they lost. And the Saints have put in some occasional performances but there's clearly still a lot of work to do and I just really don't know about that one. Mm. Tough, tough one to call. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll have another. It's going to be another one. My missus is going to be loving, loving me over Christmas dinner when I'm just thinking about American football. Um, <laughs> Cardinals and the Packers. Uh, four and a half points taken from the Cardinals. The Cardinals are, are an absolute roll. And the Packers. I think all, the Cardinals. Yeah, I, th- I, I think they. I think it'll be the Cardinals as well. Um, I I really like this Cardinals team. Mm. Um, I really like Bruce Arians as a coach. Um, I'd be curious to see, as I said earlier, about how the defense goes with the loss of Tyrone Matthews. But um, this is a really good, this is a really, really good Arizona team at home. I think they win that one. Yeah. Uh, Rams at Seahawks, thirteen and a half points given to the Rams. I have a sneaky fish suspicion that the Rams will cover this. I think they might lose, but I think they'll cover. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Seahawks will beat them by more than. By more than two I just, touchdowns. I just, just, it's a divisional game. The Rams are a tough team to judge, but just seen a little bit out of their offense. Yeah, and I'm just not convinced that Seattle will definitely do it by 14. But I might change my mind. <laughs> uh, the Vikings play the Giants uh, in the late game on Sunday. Uh, six and a half points given to the Giants. Uh, Giants haven't got Beckham. Clearly, don't want to win the NFC East. It's going to be Vikings, isn't it? I would say so. Whether it will be Vikings by seven points, yeah, I think so. I mean, they won convincingly this week. Bortles um, plays for a different team, but Teddy Bridgewater (laughs) was looking pretty good and, um, you know, doing okay with the passes and they won convincingly. And I think the Giants' defence doesn't have enough to stop them. Yeah, and the Monday night game is uh, the big one for you. It's the Bengals playing against the Broncos. Um, I am going to go with the Bengals. I think on this one. Oh, or or am I? No, I think I'm going to go Broncos. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I quite like Osweiler at quarterback. Yeah. And, but that defense, I would have liked to have seen them done a bit better against the Steelers. But the Steelers is just such a high-powered offense at the moment. Um, I'm leaning Broncos, but that half point just make me interested it's either going to be a really nip and tuck game in which case we could just lose by it by a um, field goal and, and cover or it could go really badly yeah. or you know things could go really well for the for the um, Bengals but when do I ever predict that <laughs> well this was the uh, last week was the first week that we uh, we both managed to get double double figures in the, in our picks I got 10 you got 11 so you pulled away again but uh, let's see let's see how we get on I felt that one way up here well, that's it for our festive episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 11, looking back at all of week 16's games and ahead to week 17, when most teams will be wrapping up their seasons while a select few complete their preparations for the postseason. In the meantime, remember to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football, get involved in a bit of banter on the TWF Facebook page, and check out the blog, thewrongfootball.com. Uh, if there's anything you want to ask us, uh, anything you want us to discuss next week, please drop us an email, twfpodcast at outlook.com. Have an amazing Christmas. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Uh, 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 uh.